بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ما بعد We are discussing from this kitab The title of the kitab Islah al-Mu'amalat Correction of monetary dealings Which is very important in our zamana, our period of time Where it's more easy to get involved in impermissible transactions Unlawful means of earning So this has become a mujahada, a jihad of the time that a person ensures that his income is halal and that he's not involved in interest-bearing contracts, insurances and haram transactions may Allah ta'ala save us. And this was a concern of Sahaba radiallahu anhum because they learned this from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam like the Sahabiyat used to say to their husbands when Sahaba ikram used to leave their homes إِيَّاكَ وَالْحَرَامِ فَإِنَّا نَسْبِرُوا عَلَى الْجُوعِ وَلَا نَسْبِرُوا عَلَى نَارِ جَهَنَّمِ that our husbands be careful of haram income. We can make sabr, we can be patient upon hunger. That we can bear. But we cannot make sabr and we cannot be patient upon the fire of Jahannam. Don't bring the fire of Jahannam into our homes by haram income, haram earnings. So your ulama explain when it comes to earning in the time of Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, for them, we find that they used to earn according to the day. Whatever the need was, according to need, they would earn a livelihood. And whatever they earned also, Ulama explained, their health and their time was spent on three avenues, or in three ways. First, the health and their time was spent, the wealth and the time was spent on the deen of Allah wa ta'ala. That was primary. Because their goal was akhirat. The need of their life was akhirat. That we are here to work for akhirat. We're not here to work and to make and then to invest and make more, invest and make more. That wasn't the purpose of life. The purpose of life was to earn and to invest in akhirat. Then to work again, invest in akhirat, that to, to earn and then to spend it in the path of Allah. So that was the first avenue of the path of Allah wa ta'ala. Then the second avenue of the wealth and the time was they spent it on the mehman, Allah, on the guests of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those people that were coming into Madinatul Munawwara, that were in need, they were the guests of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the guests of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, then they would spend their money upon them. He was a traveler, take him home, feed him. And so many incidents we find of Sahaba, radiallahu ta'ala anhum, where they took the guest home, and they would ask the wife, is there anything to eat? Is only enough for the children? Put the children to sleep without any supper for the night. We have a guest of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They pamper them off to sleep now and thereafter put the candle off or the lamp off and you will pretend that we are eating and we will feed the guest of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. Upon these actions, wahi would come down. The sahaba ikram are such men that they give preference over themselves to others. Although they were in need, they went through the night hungry with no food on the table. But the traveler, but the mehman, the guest of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he would be taken care of. He would be given accommodation, he would be given food to eat, he would be given clothes to wear. For the primary and the first avenue was the deen of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. Then what was left over was spent upon the guest of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what was left over from there was spent upon the family. That was their tartib and their sequence, their pattern of life. Because their goal was akhirat. 
Today has become the other way around. And ulama advise also take care of your family. Because that level of iman may Allah Ta'ala grant it to us like that also. But take care of the family, spending the path of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, and take care of the traveler and the guests of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. And as you mentioned, Sahaba Ikram worked according to the need. What the need was, accordingly they worked. We can see we are working way beyond our needs. Way beyond that. So the surplus wealth now is becoming a means of us falling into grey areas. Mutashabihat. Because a person can afford it, so let's try it. So let's try it. And then slowly from Mutashabihat or Mushtabihat, the grey areas, then a person slowly goes into the haram avenues. May Allah Ta'ala save us. So here the Tani Rahmatullah Ali is written, it is mentioned in a hadith that to earn halal wealth is a fard after, after other faraiz, after the other fards upon a person. In other words, it is fard to earn halal wealth after discharging the other faraiz, which are the pillars of Islam, such as salah, fasting, etc. So these are the primary faraiz, salah, fasting. And then afterwards, these are far, fards are complete, then it is fards upon a person to earn a livelihood. Not that now it's for us for me to work and by the way I go for salah. Sahaba Ikram's tartib of life also was they took out time from the salah to go to work. They are to be encouraged now to leave the masjid. They go to the workplace and you read over there so to say your fat kalima. Then the workplace now you will get the reward of one million. Allah Ta'ala forgive one million of your sins. One million darajat and stages will be raised for you in Jannat. So Sahaba Ikhara, please leave the masjid now and go to the marketplace to do some work at least. Then when you finish your zarurat and your need, come back quickly. That was a tartib. Today has become the other way around. Where we have to steal time now from the workplace to come for salah. And then we say we quickly and then go back again. That was not the original tartib of Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Because understand my dear brothers, we are working now to free ourselves for salah. That now I have enough for the day, alhamdulillah, I can close up now and go to the masjid. Now this gush taking place, jamaah is going for three days, this majali is taking place. So the, the objective of that work was to free myself quickly, now I have enough for the day, enough for my expenses, enough for my need. Now I can spend my time in the masjid, in the house of Allah, wa ta'ala, preparing for my akhirat. This means that although it is for us to earn halal wealth, the status of this fard is less than that of the other faraiz which form part of the pillars of Islam. This fard of seeking halal wealth is fard on the person who is, in need, who is in need of spending on the necessities of life. If necessities of life are taken care of, then there is no more fard. The person has enough to take care of his necessities, which is makan, maskan, mat'ab, malbas. His home, clothing, food, conveyance. Nikah also is made. So he has these necessities that are fulfilled, then there is no more force for him to earn a livelihood also. When now you feel that soon, I will have a need again to take care of certain things, then I work again. That's a normal tarateeb. But we have a certain pattern in our life now. But as I'm saying now, that we can fill the force of the day, we can finish our time and get back to our need and necessity of deen. As for the person who has the basic necessities, this is not fard upon him. Such as a person who owns a few properties or has received wealth through some other means. This is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created wealth for the fulfillment of one's needs and so that man will fulfill his basic necessities and occupy himself in the ibadat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
This is because one cannot engage oneself in ibadah without eating and clothing oneself. From this we can deduce that wealth is not the main objective. Instead, it is merely a means towards the fulfillment of another objective that is the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the reason we are in this worldly life. And the creator of this creation clearly explains in Quran Sharif. Allah Ta'ala with, uh, with no ambiguity whatsoever. Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ I have not created al-jinna wal-insa, jinnat and insan, إِلَّا except and only لِيَعْبُدُونَ for my ibadat. I've only made you for my ibadat. And as is mentioned in the kitab, that on the top of this ibadat is salah, is fasting, and all other faraiz. And when it comes to wealth, yes, is fard according to need. Salah not according to need. The more you can do, the better. More nawafid, more Quran, more dhikr. There's no restriction. When it comes to the fard of earning wealth, there is restriction over there. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, It was not revealed to me that I should gather wealth or that I should become a businessman. However, it has been revealed to me that I should glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, praise Him, be of those who make sajda to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, and that I engage in his worship until death overtakes me. This is the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It was not revealed to me that I should gather wealth, nor that I should become a businessman. However, it has been revealed to me that I should glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, praise him, be of those who prostrate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that I engage in his worship until death overtakes me. Once a person has acquired sufficient wealth, he should not unnecessarily seek more wealth out of greed. No should he unnecessarily try to increase his wealth. It is not fard on the person who has acquired sufficient wealth to seek more wealth. In fact, it should be clearly understood that the greed to, the greed to increase wealth is something that causes one to be neglectful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and abundance of wealth makes one prone to committing sins. One should always be cautious in acquiring halal income. At no time should Muslims turn towards haram earnings. This is because such wealth has no barakah. Such a person is disgraced in this world and in the hereafter. And he is punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some ignorant persons are under the misconception that in present times it is impossible to earn halal wealth and that there is no hope of earning halal wealth whatsoever. Because they say, we have to go through the banks. We have to buy a vehicle. We have to buy a home. So we got to pay interest. We got to do certain things. So Hazrat explains, this is absolutely wrong and it's actually a delusion of shaitan. You should remember that the person who acts in accordance with the sharia is assisted in unseen ways. person who fears Allah ta'ala, yes shaitan now will tempt him. That this is a quick fix. You can do it quickly, you can do it in this way. But the everlasting doom thereafter, somebody in the family will self suffer is the ill income and the haram income that he brings into the home. The person who has the intention of earning halal and abstaining from haram is provided with such type of wealth by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This has been experienced by many. And the Quran Sharif and Hadith have promised this in numerous places. Even in these turbulent times, those servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who have controlled their nafs from haram and doubtful things have been provided with the best of halal wealth from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Such servants of Allah are living with greater comfort and honor than those who are devouring haram wealth. The person who experiences this himself, who notices this in other persons as well, and finds this mentioned in several places in the Quran and Hadith, cannot even bother about what these ignorant persons have to say. 
If you read this, what the ignorant persons have to say, in any reliable book, then the meaning of it is not what these ignorant persons have taken it to be. So that explains thereafter that a person has to be a bit patient. And Allah will open his sustenance, but patience through ibadat. The more a person will be obedient to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, and here ulama explain, Allah knows what is best for insan, when to give him, how to give him. Different riwayat that ulama explain, that a person makes dua to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, and he makes dua, Ya Allah open the way for me, open the way for me. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still holds back. So the malaika say to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, that oh Allah, so much he is crying to you. If it is in our power, we were already granted him and given him. Allah Taala replies and says that through his crying to me and his patience, he's become my beloved. He's become my beloved and if I give him, so to say, he'll run away. He won't cry anymore. Allah give the example, a little child, that the grandfather, the nana will call the child, offer him a sweet. The child is three years old, four years old and he will come. And the grandfather now just to see the cuteness of this child, what he does, he holds the sweet high in the air, the jump for it. I want to see how you how you cry, how you play, how you make your funny faces. So the parent, the grandparent, enjoys his child playing like that, and how he cries. Then he gives it to him. Then he takes, away, takes it away again. Because he's enjoying now the company of the little child. Allah says, in the same way Allah Ta'ala enjoys when you cry before him. How we make faces, how we make dua. Now Allah Ta'ala says to Malaika, look at him. He took an external fill today. Let him read more, let him read more. I'm enjoying what he's doing. If I give him now, he'll stop it. So Allah Ta'ala keeps, Allah knows what is best for us. The person should not be hasty and now go to the haram avenues and say quickly, now nah, I want to sort out my worldly things. Who will enjoy your sabr and taqwa if you won't enjoy it? Somebody in the family, the children will enjoy it. And they say also, my father made of sabr, alhamdulillah, he was in the masjid. He read his Quran, he didn't do haram. Because of this, we, we are living in the barakat of our parents' du'as. Ya Allah Ta'ala give us so few to become a Subhanallah, bihamdulillah.